The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. But it's not, I'm not just talking about the Bible, I'm talking about lots of things. I just, you know, read and study and, you know, watch and learn all the time. I think that's something that the Holy Spirit puts in you. Once you get filled with the Spirit, I think you become that incessant learner. I want to know. I want to know. Oh, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. I want to know. You know, reveal to me. I pray those prayers. I want to know. The Bible is no ordinary book. It's the living, breathing Word of God Almighty. In this series, Prioritizing God's Word, Dr. Ed King emphasizes the importance of consistent daily Bible reading and reminds us that Scripture is God's love letter to us. It's full of His promises and is a guidebook for life. If you have a daily devotional life where you spend time just reading Scripture, you'll find that the Scripture will inspire you even on what to pray and how to pray. Putting God's Word first can change everything about you and provide the understanding needed for your future in Him. To receive this series, Prioritizing God's Word, as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us online at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433. Make God's Word a priority in your life. You will never be the same. Good to be in church, good to be in the house of the Lord, good to be around the things of God, good to lift our voice and worship adoration to Him. For God is a good God. I said God is a good God. He is a good God. Amen. Totally reliable, totally predictable. Some said, you know, well, you never know what God may do. Well, you know exactly what He'll do. He'll do exactly what He said totally predictable. In Him is no shadow nor variableness of turning. He's totally predictable. What He said, He'll do. If He spoke it, He'll bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. If you speak it, He'll bring it to pass. That's the whole law of faith. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. That's what Jesus taught. The number one law of faith is believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. And what you say will come to pass. If you believe it, it will come to pass. Well, that can't be true. Yeah, it's exactly true. Amen. Well, we've been talking to you about God works in atmospheres. Everybody say atmospheres. atmospheres. And He does. And I'm not going to quit this series till the Holy Spirit's finished with it. So if you get tired of it, pray for me. <laughs> Amen. I hope you're not getting tired of it. But, uh, you know, I, I have a sense, you know, and, and sometimes I have this more than others. I know that there's a sense of destiny on proclaiming the Word. I know that. And I know God sets our future often uh, before we get to it by the sermons sometimes that have come before you know, he sets the tone. He gets sets our thinking in order. I know um, back before all the 
quarantines and lockdowns and everything happened. We had just gone through a series on supernatural provision. We'd just gone through that. And I was thinking, how timely, Lord? And at the time that we did that, we had no knowledge of what was coming. And even when it first began, we had no knowledge of how severe it would be. We're still living out now the results. The whole world has changed. The whole world has completely changed. You notice that when you go to the gas pump? Notice that when you go to the grocery store? You know, you can't even go buy a new car. I mean, it's just like, are you kidding? And the prices attached to things are just, are you kidding? So everything's changed. And uh, do I think it's going to go back to the way it was before? Not at all. It will not go back. You can't roll back that clock. I don't think necessarily that the future has to be dark and gloomy, but I do think it's altered. And it'll never be the same as it was. But it doesn't have to be a worse future. It can be a better future. And, and that's what we are. We're people of hope. But I have a sense of destiny after um, I begin to think, you know, you, God begins to give you thoughts. And then thoughts begin to be manifested in actions and things of that nature. It wasn't the very first time I thought it, but it was a fresh thought to me about God working in atmospheres. That was a fresh thought. We've talked about this a little before, but I've never really brought a series on it or anything like that. And uh, I believe that it was an inspired thought. But when I first began to delve into it, um, you're thinking in one little maybe trek, you're running down this one little narrow path. And then once you begin to explore it and you begin to look deeper into it, you find that this is a really broad, important topic. And it's broad and important for the people of God because if they will understand and really understand it, that they can create atmospheres in their own life where God can do things. And they can also create atmospheres where it hinders God from doing in your life what He even desires to do. And so it's important for us as a church, but it's also important for us individually. Your home, your family, your business, what you do. You can set atmospheres in place that allow God to do in you, with you, through you, around you what He desires to do anyway. God wants to bless you. He's not trying to withhold that. But we set up barriers that hinder or limit what He can do. And oftentimes it's just, and in many cases it's done ignorantly. We don't know it. Um, but ignorance is still as prohibitive as an actual action. In other words, we, we can stop God ignorantly or we can stop God on purpose. You can defy God, foolish if you do it, but you can also do things that, that defy Him and you don't know you're doing it. Amen. And so hopefully through this teaching, we can find ways to cooperate with His power and His presence and His anointing and His glory. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we talked to you about praise and worship. 
that's not just something you do because you're a charismatic. It's something you do because it brings the presence of God into the situation. Paul and Silas were in prison. They sang praises at midnight. God got them out of prison. You say, well, is that a pattern? The Bible is a pattern. It's a book of patterns. It tells us what to do. It's not just, well, that one, you know, it wasn't one off. This is a principle in the process, and there's many things that we can do along those lines. And so we're, you know, we're, we're exploring through those. I don't know how long we'll be in this series. I, I don't know Nora told me, said, you can talk a, an hour on anything. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know if that was a compliment or maybe, you know, maybe it was. Uh, but, but anyway, I can talk more than an hour on about anything. <laughs> um, So I'm that, I'm that kind of guy that I'm a researcher. I'm a studier. I'm a, I'm a learner all the time. I'm just, you know, drinking in information. Some of it is maybe to you might be nonsense. It, it might be, you know, things that I enjoy. You might not enjoy it. But it's not, I'm not just talking about the Bible. I'm talking about lots of things. I just, you know, read and study and you know, watch and learn all the time. I think that's something that the Holy Spirit puts in you. Once you get filled with the Spirit, I think you become that incessant learner. I want to know. I want to know. Oh, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. I want to know. You know, reveal to me. I pray those prayers. I want to know. But in this whole concept of atmospheres, now again, atmosphere is one of those words that when we think about it, we think about the airbag, if you will, that surrounds the earth and what goes on in that, the stratosphere, ionosphere, atmosphere, you know. But the, the word atmosphere is a much more, can be a much more down-to-earth term. It has to do with uh, what goes on in a person, uh, in a structured event. Atmospheres are created by actions, activities, preparation. You can prepare an atmosphere. You can prepare it on purpose, intentionally. You can do it on purpose. I'm a, I'm a great user of music to set tone. Now, I'm not a musician. I'm not a singer, at least not to you. Okay, but I'm a music lover. I had somebody, uh, they, they heard that I had this big jazz collection of music. Now, just for the sake of putting things in order, I don't. But I don't know where they heard that. They said, well, I don't like jazz. I said, well, that's up to you. I don't, I don't know why, I didn't know why they were telling me that. And they were telling me that so they could tell me they didn't like my taste in music. But I don't have a jazz collection. So just so you know that. But, but I'm a big user of music. Nor and I, will, uh, if we want to have a relaxing evening, you know, and sometimes cut off the TV and all that stuff, we'll just sit and listen to two or three hours. Just listen to music. We just enjoy it. We just, we just like that. And it's not all praise and worship music. 
<laughs> Shocking, huh? I was a man before I was a Christian. God didn't take those things away from you. Now, you don't need to listen to songs that, or music that's not got the right themes, right thought process in it. You don't need to listen to that. Things that bend you in the wrong way, you don't, like, you don't need to listen to that. Just because it sounds good doesn't make it real good. So I think you have to be cautious about what you listen to. I really do. But I don't think that the only thing worth listening to is gospel music. Do you understand that? But you have to use caution. You have to control that. And you can control moods with music. We have a dog. And uh, you know about our dog, right? We have, a, we have a hound dog. If you rub the hound out of her, she'd disappear. <laughs> I mean, she's hound through and through. Somebody comes to the door, you really know it. I mean, that hound, that howl of the hound comes out. It's funny. It's cute. She's a good dog, real good, dog, real smart dog. But she's not, you know, she doesn't know she's a hound. You know, hounds are supposed to live on farms and, you know, play in the yard and stuff. No, 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 not this dog. She's a complete house dog. And she likes house in a certain way. Well, we play a lot of times, and this morning, being a good example, as we're getting ready for church, we've got certain piano music that we play that's real soothing. It's hymns on the piano, and we play that through the house. You know, that's what sets the tone for what we've come to do today. Well, she loves it. We have to take the room she's in and make sure we cut the music on for her. Because the dog, I'm telling you, when the dog hears the piano music, she gets totally embedded. <laughs> she loves it. You know, and so you can create moods by certain things. They tell us that plants, that if you play good, soothing music to plants, they grow better. That's a scientific fact. If you play irritable music, those plants begin to shrivel. And they begin to struggle under the weight of it. And it's just noise and frequency, but it's much more than that. See, we begin to set mood and tone and we create atmospheres by things that we do. And you can do it deliberately, and you can do it on purpose. And if you are dealing with a heaviness, you can lift it. You can lift it. You can change it. And sometimes, you know, we know we're supposed to speak the Word, and we're, we know we're supposed to make our positive confessions and all that. And we should, and we do. But sometimes you need help. You need a carrier agent. You need somebody to do it for you. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world, to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, 
We know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. I know there was a time in my life that I was going through a real, real difficult time. Most, at least to then, most difficult time I'd ever had. Really, really spiritual. It's a real spiritual fight, real spiritual war. And, uh, you know, I'm aware of the Word. I'm aware of the need for it. And, uh, you know, I'm telling God, you know how you do, Lord, I got to get in the Word. I got to get in the Word. And He spoke to me. He came back to me and talked to me. He said, You're in no condition for that. I said, Really? He said, Yeah. He said, You need a neutral voice preaching to you. He said, Because you're not neutral about this. And He said, You need somebody with an unbiased opinion speaking to you. And I, and I listened to that and I heard that. And there's times, and I found, and I think I was made more aware of it then than any time ever. There are certain preachers that you go to for information. If you want to know certain things, they're very knowledgeable of it. Good Bible teachers understand it. They can give that truth to you. But you get through it, your faith is not inspired. You follow what I'm talking about? But there are others that they carry with it a spirit of faith. And there's a few in my life. And, and when I need that faith boost, I have to listen to them. I can't just listen in general. I have to listen to those that carry that spirit of faith on them. The Bible said about Jesus, His Word was with power. These people I've discovered have the power of an... Of an they they ex... They, they give out a power and an anointing that I don't get from everybody. You can go on vacation and come home tired than when you went. If your spirit gets exhausted. So you need to control environment. You need to control it on purpose. You need to control it intentionally. And you need to know enough about yourself to know how it happens. It's not just listening to preaching. It's listening to inspired. And I'm not talking when I say inspired, I'm talking about loud. A lot of people mistake inspired for loud or enthusiastic. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have enthusiasm. That's got its place, and we should. But if that's the only gauge, you've got to check up on the inside what happens to you when you listen to it. Do you come away lifted? Or do you come away sunk down? And see, that's what he was saying to me. He said, he said, if you read the Bible, just read the Bible. He said, you'll find all the scriptures that deal with the subject that you're dealing with in a negative way. You want me to kill those people. And you'll find the scriptures that <laughs> God strike them dead. <laughs> he said, that's not what you need. You know, you need other things. And I was aware. And it worked. 
And I became real, real, real aware of a couple of people at that time, which I won't share their names. They're both in heaven now. But, uh, man, it just, I mean, nor I talk about it. I think probably if I hadn't discovered those two, because it wasn't somebody I was listening to all the time. I mean, they were well known, but just not somebody I followed. And I think if probably I hadn't become aware of that, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. I think God brought them in front of me in a real special, significant way. And I listen to them today, listen to the old recordings, and it's just as rich and as full as if it was 30 years ago. Still got that power in it. And they're long since gone. But it still has that uplift. You've got to discover that. You've got to discover you. And create the environment that you want. Don't live in the environment that you don't want. Put on the music. Put on the right inspired preaching. Do the things you need to do. Do what it takes for you to overcome. Learn who you are. Recognize who you are. See who you are in it. See what kind of an effect it has on you. And capitalize on the things that work for you. Because if it works, keep doing it. Now, the things that work for me may not work for you, but most likely they will. I've discovered this over the years. And sometimes we get too much on our own. And we try to dig our way out by our own bootstraps. Now, you've got to do your part. Don't misunderstand me. But there's times you need help. That's what I'm here for. You understand? That's what Nora's here for. That's what our teams are here for. We're here to pray for you. We're here to care about you. We're here to help you. We don't want you struggling when you don't need to. Sometimes all you need is a prayer partner. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. I didn't say gossip with. There's a difference. Amen. And it's not just hearing yourself say it again and again and again. Rehearsing your problems is not going to do you any good. You've got to have some per a person with some solutions. <laughs> Amen. I'm not talking about somebody that's an iron-fisted legalist. I'm talking about somebody who has some sympathy, some empathy, some compassion, and some care. But we'll tell you the truth. Speak the truth in love. Amen. Are you home? Yes. Got nothing to do with my sermon, but maybe everything to do with my sermon. Mm -hmm. Creating the atmosphere. So we begin to talk to you about atmospheres, but I'm really aware as I begin to work my way through this process of this, that these messages have everything to do with where we're going. And when I say we're, that's you, but we. We're going together, you individually, but we together are moving forward. And we're not living in the past of what the last two and a half years have forced down the throat 
of others and made them bow. We're going forward. We're not going backward. You hear me? And so even individually, as I, as I shared with you, we have to set tone and set environment. But we as a church have to set tone and environment. There's things that you have to do on purpose, intentionally. When they want to close in on you and close you down, you got to punch out. You got to do faith things. Amen. So we talked to you about a number of things, praise and worship. Now, and then we talked to you about harmony. We talked to you a little bit about that. And we used uh, Psalms 133 in talking about that. That was setting the tone for it. And we saw from uh, the uh, New Living Translation how wonderful and pleasant it is when the brothers live together in harmony. Everybody say harmony. It says, for harmony is precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls upon the mountain of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Now again, in talking about atmospheres, we see this atmosphere of harmony is an atmosphere that begins to bring the anointing of God in. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The word harmony is to play a symphony. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That agreement is harmony in action. It's harmony among the two or harmony among the many. It's not isolation. It's when we harmonize together. Harmony comes from the heart. It's when we begin to play a symphony from our heart, of course with God, but with one another. When you think about what we refer to as the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're always reminded of the unity that they share with one another. They're never in conflict with one another. And the Bible tells us to be God-like and tells us to be Christ-like. When we put on that mantle of Christ-likeness, it brings to us a harmony and a unity, first off, that starts from the inside out. Many people have disharmony or disunity with the things around them because they're internally conflicted. They don't have a unity among themselves. Their heart and their head do not agree. They're in conflict with themselves. And God wants us to have harmony with ourselves and unity in our own inner man. And in so doing, we can have unity with one another. And unity is the atmosphere or the condition in which God moves in our life personally and among us collectively. And so unity is critical to the moving of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. To have unity internally, you have to be in harmony with the Creator. To do that, you have to have Jesus in your heart. You need to pray this prayer, ask Him to forgive your sins, do it right now. Say, Jesus, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive my sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. Sin and Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, you are my Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it. You wouldn't pray a prayer like that if you didn't. 
let us know here at Power of the Word because we want to pray with you. We want to rejoice with you over your decision. We've enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, have unity in your heart by your unity with God and unity with your fellow man. We love you. We'll see you soon.